I've been meaning to do an episode on abortion for a while since the leaked memo that they were going to reverse Roe versus Wade, the U.S. Supreme Court. Why would I do an episode on abortion on this sustainable life? Because globally, I believe, you know, look up the number, I think it's something like 40% of pregnancies are unplanned. Overpopulation is a major factor for the environment. So it's a topic for this podcast. I want to start by talking about a very personal experience. I've shared this experience with very few people in my life. I had a girlfriend in business school, so this would be 05, 06, 2005, 2006. One time she was over and she started pressuring me. She really wanted to have sex without a condom with me finishing inside. Sorry, maybe I should put some warning in front that this is going to talk about sex explicitly. I said, no way. That's way too risky. I'm not interested in having an unplanned pregnancy, having a kid right now. That's not what this is about. She, I guess it was like a fantasy of hers. I have a friend who, as a guy, it's one thing that like turns him on the most is to feel like to finish inside to make a baby. I can kind of get that as a guy. It's not my thing. And I guess as a woman, she, I guess there's some parallel feeling. It certainly would make sense evolutionarily that that sort of thing would come up. So she really wanted it. And she really just starts pressuring me and pressuring me and saying, if she wants to do it, she wants to do it. And I'm like, no way, no way. And, you know, I've heard lots of times when women talk about men pressuring them and, and not letting up. This is not the first time that a woman has not let up on me because she wanted something like this. I've never dated a man. I'm sure men do it. But in my experience, women do it a lot. And she also told me that she's been taking her temperature and she knows her cycle and the risk is very, very low. I'm like, no way, no way, no way. Finally, I relent just because she keeps at it. And one of the things I say is if there's a conception, then you must agree to have an abortion if that happens because I don't want this to happen. She's like, it's not going to happen. She's like, okay, I agree. I think you may guess where this is going, which is that a week or two later, she comes back and says, I missed my period, or it wasn't a week or two later. But anyway, she comes back and says that she's missed her period. She's pregnant. She's been tested. I'm like, I can't believe this happened. It wasn't planned. And she starts saying, now she's thinking about carrying it to term. At this stage, she is, has all the power. I have zero power here. It's her body, her choice. And she can abort if she wants. She cannot abort if she wants. And if she doesn't, I'm on the hook. Now you could say, once you agreed to do it, you're on the hook. If you believe in equality, that would be the same for her. But she has options at this stage. Now, if you believe you just want to give women more and more and more rights all the time, that's your business. But that's not the same as wanting equality. Equality would be, I'm, I'm surprised that I've talked to, the people I've talked to about this concept, I thought more people knew about this it comes under different names, but it's financial abortion, which is where a man can say, I lose all, I renounce up until maybe a week before a woman can get an abortion legally. He can say, I renounce all privileges and all responsibilities for this baby. It's a financial abortion. It's, you know, genetically it's his baby, but he has n if this were to pass, if this were to happen, then he would have no recourse to see the child. He would have no recourse to raise a child in any way. But he could also not have any, as it stands now, she can put me on the hook for 18 years of, of support and so forth. As it happened, this is business school. I'm going to become an entrepreneur. She's going to become a consultant. She's making a lot more money than me. So it was a different story. But she held all the cards and I didn't. And I'm, this is why when people say men have no, nothing to say about abortion, I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you joking? Do you realize that men have a say in this? It's... It's not a man's body that gets pregnant, but if a woman can put a man on the hook... Now, some would say, it's not fair that a man can just walk away. 
in the case of a financial abortion. But if, if you believe that it's her body, her choice, it's not a viable human inside her, then if he says, I don't want to have any part of it, if, if he financially aborts, then she has every ability to too. It's just part of her body, no big deal. I mean, it may be a big deal, but it's not. she has the right to do what she wants. In this case, a financial abortion would have actually benefited her. Let me explain how. Well, what happened in the end is that she talked to a bunch of other people as well, and she did decide to get an abortion. I took her to the hospital. I waited outside the, I mean, I waited outside the room in the hospital. And at some point, the nurse came by and said, the operation is, everyone's healthy. She's fine. You can go in and talk to her. She's going to be a little groggy because of the sedative. And she won't remember anything that happens when you go and talk to her right now. I went in, and when I went in, she's un, you know, lying on the bed under the covers, looking very one big tear coming down one of her cheeks. I've tried to describe to people, I can only say that the magnitude of emotion that I felt at that moment was very strong. I didn't know if the tear was because maybe she was feeling some pain, but under the grogginess, couldn't tell. She wasn't really communicating. It was a very powerful moment. I, I didn't know if she was aware of what was going on, but that was one of the biggest tears moving just slowly down her cheek. And I said a few words. I don't remember exactly what, but I said a few words to her. I don't remember if she said anything back to me. After a minute or two, the nurse came in and said, you have to leave. She has to get some rest. And I don't know, an hour later, sometime later, I went back in and she was awake and she had no memory of that moment. There's this moment in my life of deep, profound tenderness it's just something that I hold inside. I, I don't know what to say. It's, it's, I can't really express the magnitude of the feeling. I have no idea what was inside her or what's inside her ever since. That's her. But there was just that one moment. She really wanted to... She, when, when she was trying to persuade me to carry to term, she was saying, Josh, you don't have to in any way take care of this kid. She was offering me the possibility of effectively financial abortion, but I knew that legally it was always there. And I also knew that if ever I was going to be in touch with the child, I would, at some point, I would have to tell my parents. And I couldn't very well tell them when the kid was 10 years old. So if I was ever going to tell them ever, I would have to tell them now, which would mean that they'd be involved with the kid because it would be their grandchild, which would mean I'd be involved, which would mean there was no middle ground for me. I didn't see how I could do middle ground. If financial abortion had been available, she could have had that child. It makes a lot of sense. This is not just something for the man. It's for everyone. All right, so that's the story of abortion in my life. I don't believe that it's only a women's issue, and I can't. it just makes no sense to me when people say, oh, men have nothing to say. They should just shut up and listen. We have as much value to add. Someone who hasn't been robbed can still speak about robbery. Someone who hasn't been murdered can still speak about murder. Her power in reversing her word, in pressuring me, in her irresponsibility, keep in mind that power is not just hers. It's backed up by the state for decades of the child's life. That tear, I'm trying to express that this has been something very meaningful for me in my life. If you're a woman and your body, you've had an abortion, maybe this sounds trivial to you, I don't know, but I don't believe that men have no say in the matter. I also wanted to share on this, the stories of pro-lifers who have had abortions in the abortion clinic, and you have to look this up online. I, I, I have looked a couple stories up. I decided not to read them in because those are other people's stories, not mine. But look them up. Look up the stories of pro-lifers who have abortions because they feel they start like saying everyone else is wrong, but they're okay because this extenuating circumstances, like everyone else just wants abortions for the fun of it. And they're somehow 
out of it. It's really crazy to read some of these stories. I also want to point out, there are, I know as many men who are pro-choice and as many women who are pro-life. So this is another reason why I don't see it as a male-female. I don't, because the people who are pro-choice dismiss the women who are pro-life as if they're, I don't know, as if it's not, they have no, no agency or thoughts of their own. Also, I, I did a post on this some time ago. What if, say you're pro-choice, what if someone believes that a unique human life begins at conception? What if they really believe that? If they believe that that's murdering a person, how do you just dismiss them and say that's not murder, it's not a person yet? Even just thinking practically, even if you are right in some way that you can prove in an absolute sense, you are absolutely right, that person can vote however they want. And also, practically speaking, how well is that working for you just to say you're wrong? Because it looks like it's not working. That tactic or that strategy is, seems to be failing. It seems a bit more compassion may be more useful, even if you think that you're right. I think it's worth considering. I'll get back to that in a second. To me, when is I mean, a fertilized cell, okay, a sperm and an egg, not a human being. A fertilized cell, to me, that is a human cell, but I would not see it as a human being. It's can't, not capable of suffering. Two cells, still not. Four cells, still not. Eight cells, still not. And I look at it like this, because I watched some videos of some guy who's, he, he'll like talk to people about abortion. If they say that maybe first trimester is okay, second trimester not so sure, third trimester not, he'll get out this piece of paper with a, a, a line on it with zero to nine months, and he'll say, okay, point to the spot where it's okay and where it's not okay. And this is like a trap, because what are people supposed to say or do? To me, here's my analogy. If you show me an ant and a piece of sand, that is not an anthill. Two ants, two pieces of sand, that's not an anthill. At a certain point, if you get enough ants and enough sand together, they'll come together and make an anthill. Maybe it's at 10,000 ants, 1,000 ants, I don't know. But it's different opinions. Some people will say an anthill starts at a certain point. Some people will say an anthill starts at another point. Or I could point outside at the sky, and I can point at blue sky over there, cloud over there. Where does it stop being sky and start being cloud? Or if you're in an airplane looking at clouds, where's the edge of the cloud? Some people say it's in one place. Some people say it's another. To me, the way to resolve this is where this group of cells becomes a human capable of suffering or whatever your criteria is for deciding. To me, this is what democracy is about. This is how we resolve things. There's other clear-cut cases. That is to say, clear-cut cases where it's not clear. I think everyone agrees that you can defend yourself in self-defense. And if you end up killing someone in self-defense, that's not murder. But where's the line between self-defense and not self-defense? If you premeditated it for a day, for a year, for a moment, at some point it may become premeditated and at some point it's not. I believe that we use democracy, we 12 people in a jury, to decide is this murder or self-defense or something different, uh, manslaughter. Likewise, what my opinion is of when it becomes viable or not is not the point. We have democracy to decide at some point and some people are going to say, wait, that's too early. If you abort at that stage, that's murder. And some people say, that's too late. That's well past where someone should still be allowed to choose. But that's democracy, is how do we figure out people with different opinions, different values, meaning some people think something is right that other people is wrong and vice versa. I think democracy is how we figure that out. In some cases, votes go your way. In some cases, they go my way. And sometimes it works the way we want. Sometimes it doesn't. And that, to me, is how we resolve this. 
Also, if you say that life begins at conception, and that's where human life begins, there's some issues about that. Is it when the sperm enters the egg, but the DNA has not combined yet? Because then you might get, what if the DNA doesn't fully combine and you get something that's human cells, but I don't want to sound crazy, but what if something comes out and it's not, it doesn't have a brain, it doesn't have a head, or it's, it's not really formed into human? If you say this when the sperm enters a cell, then you must protect that life no matter what, because that's a human being. And if you were not to keep it alive, it would be murder. Maybe you'd say it's when the DNA finishes replicating or finishes combining. In that case, sometimes it doesn't combine properly and you have some birth defect or something like that. Maybe it's technically viable and they could live, but it wouldn't be quite human. You get in these weird states where it's not, it's not clean just to say, like if you say it's a spectrum between conception to birth, but it's clean at conception, it's not so clean at conception. It's still shades of gray there too. I don't think that's just an easy out to say that's clean. And even if it is clean, that doesn't mean that something at that, whatever life it is at that point, can suffer, can, I guess they would say it would have a soul. But maybe it doesn't. You can't just say people belong to one religion. You know, different people with the slightly different religions or even different people with the same religion can come down on very different sides this is how wars get fought over slight distinctions like this in, within religions, even where they agree on a lot of things. So just to say life begins at conception doesn't finish the story. I think that's where we have to fall back on democracy. Some people say it was one way and some people say it's another way. And we just have to go with how democracy comes up with things. I don't know of a better way of looking at it. Another challenge to that way of looking at it is if any time that a cell could viably become a human. Right now, we can clone animals. I think there was a sheep some time ago. I didn't think it cloned that well, but it did clone to some degree. If we had a machine that could clone a human cell, in principle, that means that every cell, whether it's a just fertilized egg or any cell, could become a human being. That means every cell anywhere, as long as that machine is not operating and could be operating, you could put a cell in and make a new human in, any cell in the world that could go into that machine is a viable human life. And therefore, we must put that machine in and have it operating as much as possible because otherwise, every time that we're not using it, we're letting a potential human die. In fact, if there's a chance that we could make such a machine, if you believe that every cell that could become a person, if we don't make it a person, it's murder, you must pursue that device as much as possible. And if that device exists, we must put it to maximal use. And we must make more and more and more and more and more of those in order to keep creating all the humans. Because otherwise, it's going to be murder. Because if you think that a fertilized egg that could become a human or is already human... Well, then every other cell is already human, and that machine could make it happen. As far as I know, that machine doesn't exist yet. But the thought of it, that it could, doesn't that mean that you would have to protect every cell? I don't want to just go in one direction here. If you believe that cells don't become human until late, close to birth, and you don't accept that others could consider what you consider not murder, they might consider murder, have some compassion for their view, even if you don't agree with them. It may help to learn from your perspective that many past cultures, including likely yours, likely into the 20th century, and many others today, consider infanticide after birth. And this could be after days, after weeks, even longer. They can consider that acceptable. Do you consider infanticide after birth acceptable? How do they look to you? Because it was a common practice for thousands and thousands of years and still exists today in some places. What would you say if you saw people preparing to kill a born baby? Can you see that others might see you that way? What would you do if you saw a parent 
preparing to kill a baby already born that was viable? What would you say to a society that left twins to die out from the elements or from hunger? That happens. If you think that that's murder, can you see how others might look at what you consider not murder, they might consider it murder? Can you imagine that they feel the way that you might feel? I keep coming back to democracy as the way to resolve different people having different views, even on issues that they feel very strongly about, that they can't possibly imagine the other person could possibly allow that. But we already use democracy to settle very big things like when should we be allowed to go to war or not? Should we have the death penalty or not? As I see it, instead of democracy, I see both sides keep pushing toward greater and greater extremes. People who believe in choice will not accept that anyone could view that they just don't even talk about anything other than the woman's body. They don't accept that someone might see something inside as a human being. Likewise, the other side just does not see it as anything other than murder. They accept that people disagree, but they just, it seems like the direction that I see, and I'm not the top person on following current events or how people see things, but it seems to me that people are getting farther and farther apart, listening less, not more, trying to circumvent democracy, trying to get their way to, through this way or through that means, not through popular vote. This is just what I see. I'm not sure what to, what to say or do about that. But it seems that they're stating more and more extreme positions all the time. I think you can pick up for me that somewhere past conception, but well before nine months, there's a dividing line that I would say before that, it's not a human being. There's nothing there to suffer. There's going to be no consciousness that feels any pain. After a certain point where there's some gray zone, it's going to be a human being. And you can't just abort the day before the baby was going to be born. And I recognize that other people are going to see different places. I can imagine, can I imagine that some people might say before conception? I'm not sure. I know that some people in some places over history have said after birth is still okay, that you can take the life. That's too far for me to accept. I can think about it, but not... It's very deeply uncomfortable for me to think about, though I understand that many societies considered it acceptable. I can't help but close on a creative solution from, of all places, some place called the Satanic Temple. I know about this because they contacted me. When you have a podcast, you get a lot of PR people contacting me, and they were promoting that they were making abortion a sacred religious ritual, which therefore would be protected by law that healthcare providers, apparently doctors by some law, must accept a person's religious something or other, and they found a way to make it work. And ironically, the communities that made this law that doctors have to follow, I think this is maybe only in Texas, but maybe it's in lots of places. But the, the communities that pushed to make this law that doctors have to honor, and I'm not a lawyer, so I don't really know all the details here, they're similar community to the people who are making abortion more difficult. Now, I suspect the, the satanic temple, if all it takes to force by law a doctor to give an abortion on demand, is converting to a new religion, I suspect the satanic temple, I didn't name it that, they named it that, may see an influx. Maybe there'll be new religions forming or existing religions will begin their own rituals. Anyway, I'll put a link to the text of what they're doing. I think it's interesting. But as interesting as I find it, it still recalls people trying to be clever instead of just going straight for democracy. But I think in the end, it's an episode about democracy. Well, certainly me sharing my personal experience and why I don't think men should just shut up and listen we have just as much say, just as much as people who haven't been murdered can speak about murder, that I believe financial abortion, if you believe in abortion and you believe in equality, I think you have to agree with financial abortion. I mean, logically, you have to. I mean, you can choose whatever sets you want to. You don't have to be consistent with yourself. Also, practically speaking, if you're pro-choice and you want more votes, I think being pro-financial abortion for men 
I guess maybe also for women, maybe the woman can financially abort as well. So she can carry the baby to term, have birth. And then the father would be the parent, the single parent, and the mother would, I guess it could go both ways. That would be yet more equality. So I'm for that. But more than anything else, this was a call for more democracy, for how to resolve complex issues, even when people feel very, very strongly to the extent of like, this is murder, this is women's rights. Yes, these things overlap, they conflict, and I think the way to resolve that conflict for society is through democracy. Something I see lacking in the debate and the discussion and the practices around abortion and also the environment.